0: All right, everybody, welcome to a special episode of Locked on Avalanche and Locked on Blackhawks. We had a uh, crossover with Jack not that long ago, but our season is finally here. The hockey season is among us. Games are going on as we are recording this, but for our teams, Wednesday is day one and they're facing off. Avalanche raised the banner. Blackhawks are going to Blackhawk. Uh, so what's happened since the last time uh, we all met up? We'll talk about that. And why not get into some predictions? We'll give our predictions for each division, conference finals, and Stanley Cup champions. It's always fun with Mr. Jack Bushman and Locked On Blackhawks. Let's get to it.
1: Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, everybody, welcome to a crossover episode of Locked on Avalanche and Locked on Blackhawks. Two teams facing off in game one for the brand new hockey season. And uh, Jack, you had a special name for this season. What was it? The, uh, uh, the, it's Bedard Watch season, baby. Bedard Watch season for the Blackhawks. I mean, I guess if you you, you got to have some something to to really go on for the season i guess that's it for you guys why why not have something to to look forward to i guess right Uh, i mean
1: mean, that's that's the goal here this season i mean the the front office would never fully admit to it but based on everything they've done in the off season you know the end goal is to be as close as possible to hopefully at the top but at least getting one of the top players in this upcoming 2023 nhl draft that's gotten a lot of hype and getting a player like that can change how fast this rebuild goes. So we'll see, you know, that's what's, that's the light at the end of the tunnel for Blackhawks fans with this season. That's uh, about to embark tomorrow night. It's going to probably be rough, but uh, hopefully the end result will be uh, selecting Connor Bedard first overall in Nashville. And if that happens, I'll, I'll definitely be making a trip down there. (laughs) It's an easy one to say yes to, right?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So um. All right, a lot to get to today. Like we said, both teams uh, <clears throat> opening night puck drop for the Avs and the Blackhawks. And we'll get to some predictions later on. Uh, but first things first, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. Uh, for Locked on Avalanche, you can follow us at LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche Instagram. Uh, Avalanche at gmail.com. And you can follow us on our YouTube channel as well. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. Jack, why don't you throw out your socials as well?
1: Yeah, you can check out Lockdown Blackhawks for free wherever you get your podcasts. For social, you can find Lockdown Blackhawks on Twitter at capital L, capital O underscore Blackhawks. Same thing on Instagram. If you want to check out my personal account, you can find me at Jack Bushman too.
0: Good stuff. All right. So... Before we get into uh, what we expect from uh, game number one, why don't we kind of just check in and uh, see what's happened since the last time we met? Because we did a crossover—I uh, don't know, maybe a month and a half ago or something like that. Um, you know, and yeah, the the Bedard watch is going to be a thing all year long, as is your your big trade pieces in Kane and Taves. Um, is, is just any any news related to that? Anything, anything change in that world of? Yeah, this is likely going to happen, or maybe not. It
1: still feels likely that it's going to happen. I've said the trade deadline makes the most sense, but nothing has really changed. Uh, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane have obviously been asked about it a few times, and that's not going to stop throughout you know the the way of the season. Uh, but all they've really said. Nothing too surprising, basic hockey player talk. They're just happy to be here, put their heads down, get the season started, work hard, and then kind of when that time comes, then they'll make their decision. But uh, they're not really saying all that much or saying they're focusing on it at least. So nothing's really changed in that aspect, but at the end of the day, it it still just makes – the most sense for them to be moved. The Blackhawks could get some really good assets, especially for Patrick Kane and what he's still able to provide at 33, 34 years old. The Blackhawks would really benefit from that return. And as much as it would be awesome to see Kane come back and Jonathan Tays come back for year number 17 next year, uh, the opportunity for the Blackhawks to go and get those assets, I think the front office is ultimately going to want to do that. Now, apparently, they're not going to ask Taves and Kane to waive those no-movement clauses. That's going to have to come from them. But I feel like once the trade deadline is coming and you know the team is going to want to capitalize on that situation, that's when the tough conversations are probably going to be had. So nothing really too groundbreaking there. Kind of been the same for the last few months now, but the end result, them getting traded, I still think it's more likely than not. Uh, but as for the team as a whole, kind of just getting caught up since we last spoke, as you mentioned, about a month ago or something, we did a crossover. Uh, just kind of a reiteration that this team is not going to be very good. The preseason was ugly, boys. I mean, the Blackhawks really? Black went one in five. They scored six goals in six games. The power play went one for 26. It was bad, bad, bad. And it just, yeah, just a reminder of what we're about to go through for the next few months. Uh, one thing I will say, though, is one thing that's become clear since we last spoke is Kyle Davidson's plan. And there were some young guys who were on the cusp of, you know, maybe making the NHL roster. Lucas Reichel, who was a 20, uh, 2020 first round pick of the Blackhawks. There's a couple of young defensemen in that group as well. A good goaltender, Arvid Soderblom, who we think could be a, a really good key netminder of the future. Kyle Davidson's elected to send them back down to Rockford for the most part and get top minutes there so there's kind of been this debate between Blackhawks fandom should we have the young guys be up at the NHL at this level or should they be all together down in Rockford probably playing in all situations being the guys down there it feels like Kyle Davidson is really valuing what the Blackhawks have in their minor league system this year so I'm not going to see a whole lot of the top prospects in the lineup at least the ones that have already turned professional uh, and that's What's going to be probably make this season even a little bit tougher to watch because you're not getting those young flashes and like what we could see to be hopeful for in the future. Most of these guys on the Blackhawks roster probably aren't going to be around in three to four, five mm-hmm. years when uh, this rebuild gets turned around. So, yeah, it, it's. Um, especially starting the season with the avalanche, man. I mean, I don't know who's making these schedules. They did it to us last year. Jack yeah, Johnson true. scored the opening goal of the season on a breakaway, his only goal of the season.
0: It was a beauty.
1: We, yeah, I know, breakaway, <laughs> given Jack Johnson. They parted the Red Sea for him and just <laughs> gave him the center of the ice. We liked that goal so much we wound, went out and nabbed him in the offseason. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's going to be a tough start for sure, starting out with this road trip on the west coast starting with the abs um but again we know this is just kind of a filler season so i think blackhawks fans just have to keep that in mind when watching this team and try to not get too angry and wind up screaming at your tv on a nightly basis because mm-hmm. it's going to be a long year if you're feeling that way
2: well and you, all the talk around chicago has been the you know we're going after bedard and we're, we're trying to make this we're going to try and build around him But the last time a team tried to tank for a Connor was McDavid. And you see what he has when it comes to goalie play. What is Chicago doing to not try and copy what McDavid's having to go through? Because he really has no, no, he has nothing to hang his hat on when it comes to that achievement. Like he's, he's getting the personal awards, but nothing to signify his legacy in the game when it comes to like Stanley Cups and dominant teams. How is Chicago going to address the goalie position? Because you don't hear a lot about Chicago's goalie position, and there's not a lot to write home about. I know everybody's trying to make the moves for those top three picks in the draft, but where is Chicago looking at goaltending?
1: Their goaltending position is actually in a pretty good spot. I already mentioned one guy, Arvid Soderblom. It was his first year over in North America last year. Played professionally over in Sweden before coming over, and he had a stellar year for the Blackhawks minor league affiliate, the Rockford IceHogs, a very young team down in Rockford last year. I believe the IceHogs were the fourth youngest team in the AHL and they kind of were on the wrong side of, they were getting outshot a lot because they just didn't have that experience on defense. And Arvid Soderblom facing 30, 40 shots a night was really incredible for just being 22, 23 years old. And if the Blackhawks weren't, in this situation where they're in right now and have this very patient approach and want to make sure if anything, the prospects are getting extra time to develop down in Rockford. Arvid Soderblom might be the best goaltender they have right now. Peter Mrazek and Alex Daylock are just kind of temporary fillers. So Arvid Soderblom, if the Blackhawks were in a different situation, he probably could be the backup this season and they're super high on him. And then also a second round pick in 2020, Drew Camesso, he's been the starting goaltender for uh, Boston University, this is going to be his junior year. He's had a lot of good experience for a, a young goaltender. He played with the United States Development Program, has basically been the starter for BU each of his first two years. And he actually played for Team USA at the Winter Olympics uh, this past year. And in two games, he only allowed two goals, won both of them. I'm really excited about Drew Camesso. He He's going to be the guy this year for Boston. They're going to be riding him a lot. And I think if he has a really strong year, it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world to see him make the jump to professional hockey. So... Quietly, the Blackhawks' goaltender position moving forward, I think, is in a really good spot. And, you know, they're both still a little young at this point to know what we have for sure, but the potential that these guys have flashed at a young age, I'm actually super hopeful and super high on the Blackhawks' goaltender position as a whole. We just kind of got to go through Peter Morazic and Alex Stalock being there this year. That's just, someone's got to do this job, and they didn't really want to throw Arvid Soderblom under the bus with this team in front of them, and I honestly can't blame them. I think that was the right decision. But, yeah, I'm actually pretty high on the Blackhawks' future and net, all in all.
0: Uh, Do you think, kind of, different way to look at the the Taves and uh, Kane situation. Do you think there's a possibility that they they ride it out for the year, don't get traded, and see what happens? Like, see if the Blackhawks do end up with that first overall pick and get Connor Bedard. And then, you know, you'd have to resign them, of course, because they're both unrestricted free agents. I feel like, you know, they, they obviously love being in Chicago. I think if they hung around, if they got that first pick, got him, because not only do you have, would you have the first round pick, you have, you have two picks in each of the first three rounds for the next two years. That's 12 players you're getting in the first and second round. So yeah i mean i think people are really thinking like this is going to be a long haul for the blackhawks but if they draft right and and get bedard and then i I guess like could it be possible that kane and taves waited out to see if that happens and then if it's worst case scenario and they don't have him they're like okay yeah this is gonna take a long time trade us uh but if they get him say like this might move along a little bit quicker than normal we'll hang around
1: Yeah, that's a very good question. And one thing before I get into that, I got to give credit to Kyle Davidson in his first year as general manager. The Blackhawks had 11 picks in this year's NHL draft. And as you referenced, we have two picks in the first, second, and third rounds in each of the next two years and potentially more coming on the way if he wants to go ahead and unload some of the assets they have right now, aka Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane, Max Domi, Andreas Athanasiu, the list kind of goes on and on throughout the Blackhawks roster. And yeah, there is the potential that maybe things turn around if they draft correctly and a chance in this year to get a franchise altering player, hopefully Connor Bedard. The tough part about that is I will say it is somewhat likely because we've heard the Blackhawks front office say they're not going to be the ones to approach Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. When the trade deadline rolls around and if Kane and Taves still haven't come to Kyle Davidson and have that conversation, it's going to get real awkward there, right? And mm-hmm. I, I just wonder if the Blackhawks worry about not trading them at the deadline and then ultimately they don't want to stay and they get absolutely nothing. Or if they trade them with expiring contracts, who knows what the market's going to be the right. time to trade them might be the deadline. I feel like that's when they could get the best return. And again, the potential to turn this thing around is by getting those types of draft picks, getting multiple first round picks. And when you could trade a player like Patrick Kane to get that, you know, at the end of the day, that's why I feel like the front office, they're never gonna say it again, but they would prefer to trade Jonathan Tays and Patrick Kane. I won't say, you know, it's out of this world that for that to happen. It it could. I just think at the end of the day, <clears throat> this is a business and that's a bad business move by the Blackhawks. If yeah. they wait till the end of the year and kind of rolled the dice, I, I wonder. But to your point, I do think if the Blackhawks land the overall first overall pick and have a chance to get Connor Bedard, if Kane and Taves were still around at that point in the year, which again, that's the questionable part, it could help change their minds, but it, it would just put the Blackhawks front office business-wise in a very tough situation.
0: Yeah. And I think I have to correct myself because I said if they waited out and then they don't get the first round pick, uh, they would say trade me. They wouldn't need to trade them at that time because they'd be unrestricted free agents. They could just walk. Exactly. And then you get absolutely nothing in return. So yeah, I, I I think I'm I think I'm in agreement with you that a trade at the trade deadline is happening. Um, I'm just trying to look at different angles where they could keep those guys because I like when players stay in one city with one team for the duration of your, their career because it doesn't happen a lot anymore it happens more in hockey than any other sport but it ha- doesn't happen in, in hockey all that much you would, except for your superstars and stuff like that mm-hmm. which is great um but i just like seeing that i like seeing a guy starting in his career in in one spot so uh, i'm kind of just trying to find other ways for those two guys to potentially stay there uh, but if they don't want to uh you hear a lot of avalanche talk <laughs> uh even um elite friedman was saying it on on his show that uh, the abs are, are a very likely destination uh for either one of those guys <clears throat> so we'll see i mean that is definitely going to be uh big news the, for you know the duration of, well until trade deadline honestly so um all right let's hear from simply safe and then we will get into This game, Wednesday night, game number one, what to expect. But first, Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. And in the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. And you don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right at Simply Safe. Your safety is the one, the the only thing that matters. And I know because I genuinely use Simply Safe. And we moved to the house that I am currently in right now about four years ago. And the first summer, there was burglaries going around my neighborhood on my block. And it turned out to be the kid who lives like four houses down from me. This teenage this teenager kid worked in the area. I live in a pretty good neighborhood. He was robbing, just going in their back doors. It, it literally was a freakish thing, but they caught him and we were stocked with with Simply Safe. So I I felt okay. Like I felt like you know my wife. My wife was pretty like on edge about it, and I get it. But I did. I, I felt like come in here, bro. <laughs> Do it. I, I dare you. And it, it never happened. And the good thing about Simply Safe, they have twenty four hour professional monitoring, and Simply Safe's agent will call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home and you can't be reached. And you can even check your. uh Cameras on your phone. We're protected. Tell me, man, this stuff works. So uh customize, excuse me. Um, yeah. The perfect system for your home in just a few minutes, you can customize it at simplysafe.com slash locked on nhl. You save 20% off your simply safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Is it simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe, like simply safe. All right, game number one in Denver, Colorado. They will be raising the banner. Um, I'm sure Blackhawk fans are going to be sitting there saying, like, when is this thing going to get over? I think it's just these these uh, you know banner raisings and and you know commemorating the team that won the championship. They seem to go on like longer and longer and longer every year. And to be the opposing team, to have to sit through that, you guys are probably going to be like, can we just play a hockey game? Uh, but I, I know I'm looking forward to that part. Kyle's looking when, when you're the team that won it, you're looking forward to it. Um, but once all that's done, uh, that's in the past. And I'll ask both of you guys, do you feel like how do you feel the avalanche will come out? Do you feel like they're going to be because sometimes getting caught up in that moment can be good, can be bad. Um, I'd like to think that the Avs have been preparing for this and, uh, but sometimes you can't prepare for a moment like this and the emotions might get the best of you. So Kyle, what do you think? You think, uh, it might take them a couple minutes to get their legs and kind of forget about that and, and just get focused back on the game.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You this almost sets up for one of those kind of trap games right out the gate. Like the emotions are high. You also don't have Gabe Mm -hmm. the the captain out there. And you're you're still going out there. There's injuries on the team, so there's new faces. We've talked about it many times, like in the preseason, trying to find that cohesion, still trying to find your you know, your synergy and how the lines work and who works well, the goalies getting in there, getting situated. And we just heard Jack talking about the Blackhawks and all of Connor Berdard, who's not even a member of the team yet. And everybody's talking about the Blackhawks going forward, but Patty Kane and Jonathan Tays are still in that locker room and they, they're telling that team, Hey, we could change the narrative of this season. It's not over yet. We can go out there and we can make a statement now and they're going to go out there. This is, this is the best shot they got. Everybody has the same amount of wins and losses. Chicago could go out there and if they beat Colorado on that emotional banner raising night, that could change the momentum of a team. So you might see Chicago's best effort in game one and Colorado could get out there all caught up in the emotion, get out there with a little bit of swagger, try and figure things out and find themselves down. And then the goalie having to rely on a new goalie in a new situation, this could be a trap game. So it's going to be a very interesting watch and not one that we should automatically start looking to the next game.
0: What do you think, Jack? I think it, you know, with with Chicago, they're in the driver's seat of, of spoiler. You know what I mean? And it's <laughs> tough to say that for game one, but no. Like, for a team that's raising a banner, uh, you want to go out there and, and you know, and, and, and rain on the parade, so to speak. And, yeah, I mean, like you're saying, not much is expected of the Blackhawks this year. But for at least one game, like, those are kind of, uh, like Kyle said, maybe like momentum builders for a little while. And you can always look back to, like, look at, you know – we should have not been in that game whatsoever. And we, we played spoilers. Those are the games that, you know, you can always look back on and and grow from.
1: Yeah. It's a dangerous position to be in when you feel like you have nothing to lose really. And give credit to new Blackhawks head coach, Luke Richardson. He's talked a couple of different times about this. And I think the players have reciprocated it. Well, the front office may be trying to tank and they may be trying to, do all that stuff. But us guys in the locker room, we're not just going to be mail it in here. I mean, that's not how you work as a professional in this industry. And they're going to be trying to compete each and every night, trying to get better and better and better. And they're not going to just sit back and, you know, they hear the expectations, but you know, they feel like they got something to prove and it would be a massive statement on game one. If they could show that they can even hang and just be competitive with a team like the Colorado avalanche, so it's a big test right out of the start for the Blackhawks and their new head coach, Luke Richardson. As for my expectations for Colorado, I do think you know those first couple of shifts, I think they're big for the Blackhawks because you might be able to catch some Colorado players daydreaming about what was last year and <laughs> fond memories, and they're just kind yeah. of skating out there with nothing in their head. Um, I think that's a big chance for the Blackhawks to set the tone early, but after that, once the Avs probably – get a few shifts under their belt and realize, you know, we're in the middle of a game here and uh, not in a dream. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's probably going to be tough for the Blackhawks, especially because uh, one thing we talked about, or I referenced off air before we recorded, this defense for the Blackhawks tomorrow night is, I mean, they just have gotten no luck this preseason. Jake mm. McCabe had to undergo surgery. He's not going to be in there. In the preseason finale, Caleb Jones injured his shoulder. He's not going to be in there tomorrow. Alex Vlasic, who's one of our top young defenseman prospects, he blocked a shot the other day in practice. Sounds like he's not going to play tomorrow. Even Connor Murphy, who's just getting back from nursing some back injuries, literally today at the University of Denver at practice, took a shot right in the face and had to get stitches. It's like, oh, my gosh, put these defensemen in bubbles out there on the ice right now because they're literally dropping like flies. Uh, But the Blackhawks decor tomorrow, it's going to be thin. You're going to see Alec Regula, who's a young guy with just about 20 games of NHL experience. Philip Rose will be making his NHL debut, it sounds like. And even Jared Tenorti, who the Blackhawks just claimed off waivers from the New York Rangers, it was his first day at practice today. Sounds like he's going to be in the lineup tomorrow because they're that thin. So wow. it's, it's going to be tough for the Blackhawks defense. I'm already counting my blessings before I go to bed tonight, saying a, a quick prayer for Peter Morazic <laughs> tomorrow night, because he could be in for one, fellas.
0: What do you think? You said, you know, it's just been a disaster for the the preseason for them, but was there anything good that stood out that you can kind of go into like this game one and say like if we can do this well you know we got a chance
1: i got one thing it's the penalty kill blackhawks penalty kill it's been an issue for the last couple of years they started the preseason with a stinker they went over three on the pk against the blues in their last five preseason games they went 15 for 16 and looked a whole lot better and if they don't let colorado torch them on the man advantage tomorrow night i think that goes a long way in helping them at least Stay in the game. You can't let those offensive guys, even without Gabriel Landeskog, you know what Ranton and McKinnon can do, yeah. Kale McCarr, obviously. You let, if you can, stop that group and don't let the Avs power play take over the game, I think that's one way for sure that will help the Blackhawks stay alive. That's really the only bright spot from the preseason. I mean, six goals in six games. The offense did not look good. Mm. They got shut out three times. They were given Max Domi and Andreas Athanasiou, probably the two biggest newcomers this offseason. They're giving both those guys an opportunity on the top line with Patrick Kane. They had their chances, but nothing really just could find the back of the net. Athanasiou's speed, I, I really am excited to watch him. I think he's going to get a lot of scoring chances, but it's kind of been the name of his game throughout his career, like, his speed is going to give him opportunities, but what can he do with them? And in the preseason, he came up empty. Jonathan Taze honestly looked a little sluggish in the preseason. Mm. Power play went one for 26. I mean, it was oh. it was bleak. So, yeah, not a whole lot to hang your hat on from the Blackhawks, six preseason games. But as I mentioned, if they can oh. have success on the PK tomorrow night, I think that's a lifeline to staying alive because if not, that's when I think things can really unravel.
2: You know, uh, I tried to paint the worst case scenario for Avalanche fans, but everything Jack's saying, I'm just, I, I, well, that trap game, it's, it's making it a hard situation. Like that's gotta be so rough to go into your season with everything dropping. Like, is like, uh, what is the fans like temperature going into this season? Are they also feeling that dire, like not watching games? Like if you haven't caught every preseason game and you haven't, kept track of every injury. How are the fans feeling about this season going in?
1: I think it's kind of a mixed bag. I think there are the folks who fully understand the position the Blackhawks are in. And I I used this word earlier. This is kind of just a filler season. Like, listen, you can't just not play the 82 games. You got to go out there and do it, unfortunately. As as bad as this team is going to be, you still got to go and play those games. Um, I, I think fans understand the bigger picture that's in play here. And I think I'm hopeful that most of them out there have been impressed with what the Blackhawks have been able to do in year one of Kyle Davidson's rebuild. And throughout the summer, there were a lot of guys that they had as part of their 2022 NHL draft class who looked really good. And, you know, I I think given that Kyle Davidson is only going to add more and more picks here, I'm really excited for where the Blackhawks prospect pool is headed. And I think there are fans out there who get that side of it, but yeah, there's also people who are just downright miserable already and know this is, it, it's going to be a rough ride. And I, I feel for them. Look, the Blackhawks did nothing to give these fans hope in the preseason, like mm-hmm. not nothing at all really. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I, I get it. Um, I just, the one thing I hope fans understand is that we finally have a plan. That was step 1 was actually having a plan, actually having a direction. And Kyle Davidson, all the things he said he was going to do, he's done thus far and I really don't have any complaints about the job that he's done so far. And you know, the Alex DeBrinkert trade, I don't think they got enough, but I will say the first round pick they got for him, they turned into Defenseman Kevin Korczynski, and he had one heck of a preseason with the Blackhawks. I'm, I'm really stoked about that kid. And again, I think there's going to be more help coming with the ways that the Blackhawks are going to be able, I think, to get more picks this year. And Kyle Davidson can restock that thing. I think there is a bright future for the Chicago Blackhawks. That's the part that I want fans to know is we're finally on a path heading in the right direction. It's going to be a little bit of a slow process, but I like the start so far and it is encouraging even though what we watch on ice this year is not going to be
0: yeah uh 6 goals in 6 games i think that math checks out to carry the two one goal a game ah uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> not very good <laughs> um but yeah i think for the avs i think they they got to utilize the, the the speed and i think you're going to see a lot of Holding on the Blackhawks and uh, just because the abs are just going to be flying. um And I think you're going to see some penalties come the Blackhawks way uh that are just kind of just because they can't like keep up with them. Like, this is what I just hope the Avalanche, they're playing so fast. The Blackhawks are just going to have a lot of holding and grabbing and pulling penalties. And, um but, you know, maybe that's the saving grace for the Blackhawks is the penalty kill so far. But, uh we we shall see we'll see um yeah i mean i i don't know i i any prediction on the score i mean what's going to happen in this game blackhawks are going to score 30 seconds into this game you don't <laughs> guarantee it you got all this emotion going on the, the crowd's going crazy the outwings have been known to do that to give yeah. up goals early uh it would not surprise me at all at all if the blackhawks score on their first shift of this game uh, having said that though, any predictions on this game and then we'll get into predictions on the season.
1: I was going to go with I'm I'm stuck in between four to one or five to two. Honestly, I might just go five one because the Blackhawks scoring two
0: goals. Keep it keep it one. I mean, they if got I, one in every game's every preseason yeah, I mean, game. It,
1: it seems to be the high commodity, yeah. a goal a game. That's that's what they're getting out of this offense right now. So I'm I'm gonna go four one Avalanche tomorrow. I think the offense is just gonna be too much for the Blackhawks. Maybe for Peter Morazic keeps him around. Um, but I, I don't see this offense having success against uh the Stanley Cup champions, even if they do have a new netminder tomorrow night.
2: What do you think, Kyle? Yeah, I even though I painted the darkest timeline of how tonight will go, I have a feeling it's gonna be a six-one game, three a frame, um, just consistent machine-like approach to game one and how they're gonna approach the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, not a slow start in terms of, you know, speed of the game or pace of the game. Um, I I don't I I don't know. I mean, I I can always be proven wrong. Obviously, predictions, you know, never 100 percent. But I I don't feel like there's going to be a a score in the first period. I think like the abs are Mm. going to be just gripping the sticks a little too tight. You're going to be a lot of emotion going on in that arena. And I think they need a period to just, you know, get it out of the way and then you'll start seeing some scoring in in the second and the third. So, um uh, they probably give up one. I mean, you don't really know what you have so far and uh, with Georgiev. Um but I think they give up one, but I think they score probably like three or four. So, I'm going to say 3 to 1 or 4 to 1. Um but but it it's it's not decided till late. You know, I think it's maybe like a 2 to nothing game and then uh maybe the Blackhawks score one and the Abs get another one to put it away late. But I, I think it's gonna be the first game of the year is so tough. Because team, you know, it, it takes a while to get going in, in this league, in any league. So and the Abs are notoriously slow starters to a season, but I think um I think they're gonna use that that energy in the arena for good, obviously. Uh, but I just think it might take them a little while to hit the back of the net. All right, for the rest of the league, we're going to kind of uh, make our official predictions here. So when we look back at the end of the year and uh, say, like, okay, how, how right or wrong were we? Uh, this is the moment where we're going to uh, select those out. So why don't we go division by division? We'll pick the three uh, division winners, then the wild cards, and then we'll go to conference finals and then Stanley Cup champions. So let's start in the Atlantic. Um, yeah, let's well, start in Atlanta. Yeah. Why not? Um, what do you got Jack for your, your three, your top three teams in the Atlantic?
1: I got Tampa Bay coming in as number one. I do have a little concern about their defense, losing Ryan McDonough and kind of just riding Victor Hedman. But at the end of the day, they still got all their core guys. I think that team's still ready to rock and roll. And Gave the Avs as good a fight as anyone last year. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I expect Tampa Bay to be be ready to do it again. Uh, this division's this division's tough, though. I mean, I think Toronto's going to be up there. I don't have any faith in them in the postseason, but I do have faith in them in the regular season. I have them coming in as number two, and then I have the Florida Panthers coming in as number three. What do you guys got?
0: I think we're all in agreement with those three teams. I don't know about you, Kyle, but uh, for me... I. I have those same three, just uh I, I have Toronto winning winning the division. Um, so do I. Yeah, I think Toronto will win it. Um I I don't I just like I think Tampa has completely bought into that we just have to get into the, the playoffs. And I feel if things are, are kind of they're they're comfortable with a playoff spot, I don't feel like they really put the foot on the gas all that much. So I'm putting them at three, not because I don't feel like they're a good team. They're a good, they're a very good team. Very fair. They they bought into that, that mindset of, we just got to get into the playoffs. So I think Florida finishes two and Tampa finishes three.
2: I have my Florida, Tampa flipped. I have Tampa at two and Florida at three.
0: Yeah. which I can totally see that too. So. Uh, all right, we're all in agreement with uh, the three teams, but we all have three different outcomes for that. So that's interesting. Uh, we'll stay on the East Coast with the Metropolitan Division. What do you got for those three, Jack?
1: I have the New York Rangers coming in at first, and I feel like if they get Patrick Kane, that's the team that's probably been linked to Kaner the hmm. most so far. Okay. Colorado's obviously been in there too. I think New York has a really good chance here. I like them at number one. I have Carolina coming in close at number two. And then I have the Pittsburgh Penguins coming in at number three.
2: Okay. What do you got, Kyle? I have the New York Rangers at number one.
0: <sighs> oh, he's good. Carolina.
2: I know where he's going with this. I
0: know. Because Kyle, Kyle's East Coast team, I won't tell you who's Kyle's East, East Coast team is. I'll I'll have you guess based on what he's about to say. It shouldn't be that difficult if he puts them in here. All right, go
2: ahead. Rangers one, Carolina is number two. Mm-hmm. I'm fighting it. Yeah. Number three, yeah. the New Jersey Devils. Oh, Take a guess. Take a guess oh, on who it is, Jack.
1: Oh, <laughs> what in this division? The Devils.
2: In this economy? exactly exactly <laughs> this this team is a lot better than you give it credit for they are. they've made some moves they are very young they've addressed the goalie position keep an eye out they are they are improved uh a top 3 team
0: in the division I, I don't know if they are there yet um and it this is tough for me to go See, i'm going like my my east coast team is the rangers so um I kind of want to go with, like, my heart in that aspect, but my head is telling me Carolina. Uh, I think they're too good of a team. I, th- I think they – they fin- it's going to be a close, close race between Carolina and the Rangers. So that'll be one, two. Um, and, yeah, I got to go, same as Jack, with, with Pittsburgh as three. Could, could someone sneak in there? Yes, but I don't think it could be the Devils. Uh, it'll be a, a wild card team. Why don't, we, why don't we do those? We'll stay on the East Coast. We'll finish up the East Coast. Who are your wildcard teams in the East Coast?
1: Starting with me? Yeah, go ahead. I, I do like Boston. I still think Boston has enough to hang around, and I also think they're a team that's really going to be aggressive at the trade deadline to go and get another piece. So I think Boston could be right there. Um, this is ridiculous. Is it two or three wildcard teams? Why am I blanking right now? Yeah, two. Okay, and then I also have – I wouldn't rule out the Islanders. I think the Islanders are sneaky this year. They started last season with that massive road trip, really kind of just threw them off. But in the second half, they were a really good hockey team and still have a lot of those core guys that were around from their conference finals runs. Matty Barzell just re-signed. I I think the Islanders (laughs) could be a sneaky team to get back into the playoffs this year. I'm going with with them.
0: Uh,
2: Go ahead, Kyle. In the words of the wise prophet. Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. You had it <laughs> half right. It's going to be Boston, but Columbus is going to be the other wild card. Oh no way! Oh, no, that and Columbus. I look, love this. This is this is. I love doing it. Yeah, Col- go ahead. they're too, We have got so comfortable with how we view New Jersey and Columbus. Columbus is literally built like the Islanders a couple of years ago that we've always taken for granted, but they're always there churning that. We, they always score. They always win. They have good goaltending. That's exactly how Columbus is built. And with the addition of Johnny Hockey, that just takes them from being a heartbreaker and, oh, we lost that game to Columbus to now a playoff spot and annoying in a seven-game series. So keep an eye out for Columbus. They're building something there. <clears throat> They're
0: building, yes. They're building. It's not built. Um And, and they, they have, you know, they are so top-heavy. Like, the depth on Columbus is just not there. I don't know if they can hold up for uh, a full season. We will see. Um, I, what I want to see, I and mean, what I think is going to happen this year, is we're just going to have better races in the East. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this was pretty much we knew what the, the playoff teams were almost by the new year, um, and and the the distance between the second wild card team and and the next team going up to get that wild card was like 20 points and i think it was detroit yeah um it, it was it was s- such a discrepancy so i think you're gonna have a, a better race that lasts longer this year which is i'm really looking forward to because I, that was who i was talking about jack was um the islanders i think the islanders are fine um and a lot of people just jumped off that bandwagon uh, but, yeah, the start of that season to not have a home game until, like, mid-December <laughs> just ruined your season. So uh, now that that's out of the way, I-, I do. I think the Islanders will be back. I think the Islanders can get a wild card. And, man, like, I love looking at some of these other teams. I do like the Devils. I think the Devils can, can compete for that second wild card team. Um, I'd like to see what Detroit does this year. I think Detroit can, can be closer. I think you want me to go out on a limb here? I will give the second wild card, and maybe this isn't so much of going out on a limb, I'll give the second wild card to Ottawa. I think Ottawa is, is immensely improved. And if they don't get it, uh, they'll let it slip through their fingers in the last week or two of the season. But I, I'll give it to them right now. So, And I, and I do think the Devils are, are right there. Um, so, But I think this, it's just going to be a better race to watch in the east than it was last year so i'll give my two wild cards to the islanders and the Senators. so uh let's move over to the west we'll save our division we'll save the best for last uh but we'll go to the pacific what do you got for your top three in the pacific mr jack bushman
1: i got i had a tough time picking this one i have edmonton coming out on top i think mm-hmm. calgary's gonna give them a good run i have calgary coming in at two and then i got vegas at number 3. The rest of this division is really tough to look at. Pretty brutal.
2: Pretty brutal. Yeah. Uh what do you got? Kyle. Calgary, number mm-hmm. 1. Edmonton. Anaheim. Ooh. There's... I don't be- I don't believe in Vegas. <clears throat> I don't either. The-, the Kings are undercooked. They're not there yet. The Ducks have veterans and they have youth and they have I I I think just because of what they have to deal with in the d- the division anaheim is built and they can they'll find themselves at the three spot it's not they're not going to play for that three spot they're just going to be there because of the condition of the rest of the division hmm. uh
0: that could be that could be true they kind of like just get a, a spot by default yep. um but I, I think calgary will will be number one in this division edmonton will be number two uh and i think that will be a close race as well uh, but i do like los angeles I, th- I think los angeles is is the third team here um, and there, it's a little bit of both, like what you're talking about, Kyle. It's a little bit of like they are a good team, and they're a, a team like on the rise, and they're playing in a division where it, it suits them a little bit better. You put them in really any other division, and they're yeah. still a good team, but they might struggle a little bit more to to gain a, a playoff spot. But, yeah, I think they it's a little bit of both. They're good, and they benefit from being in the Pacific, so I think uh, that's your one, two, three for me in the Pacific. And then we go to our central. Uh, What do you got there, Jack? Got
1: Colorado coming in at number one, I think. Done crossovers with basically everybody in the division and haven't heard anyone to say anything otherwise. So mm-hmm. I'm going Colorado at number one. Still got the squad to run it back. I do have questions about their goaltending, mm-hmm. but I also had questions about that last year, and, you know, <laughs> they went on and won the Stanley Cup. So not worried <laughs> about them winning the division. Uh, two, I have the St. Louis Blues, and I, I'm sneakily really on the St. Louis Blues this year. I think if Colorado doesn't, come out of the Western Conference, I think it's St. Louis. I, hmm. I think they have the team to do it. If Jordan Bennington can get back on his A game consistently, I really like the St. Louis Blues team. And, look, they were – I mean, they were four seconds away from that game six going to overtime, and who, who knows what happens there. I and mean, That's all I'm right. saying. Yeah. I like St. Louis at number two, and then I've gotten grief over this through those Central Division crossovers. I got Dallas coming in at number three. I don't know wow. why – they give me sneaky vibes. No one's expecting them. I, I just like their defense and I like their goaltending. And at the end of the day, I can count on that more than I can for some other teams. So I got Dallas coming in at number three.
0: It's not as it's not as bad as Columbus, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You know, like I agree with you. Dallas uh, just finds ways sometimes to to get in there. So all right, uh, what do you got, Jaggy? I,
2: I just I, I talk about how. Chicago could possibly win tonight's game, and he comes on here, mentions the name of Jordan Bennington on this show. My (laughs) Colorado, clear number one. And you know what? Because it's just predictions, I feel like Nashville might hit that number two. I'm with you. Nashville at number two, and by the slimmest of margin, this is where the race is going to be in the central. I have Minnesota above st louis but it is going to be i mean a fight
0: yeah and that's the interesting thing about the central is Well, we're talking about the pacific um i don't think any wild cards come out of the pacific i think it's those those top three teams and the central just beats itself up it's so tough yeah i mean colorado you'd have to think would be at number one and like everything else with the exception of Arizona and and I'm sorry Jack but Chicago um <laughs> it it's it's tough uh, but I do I I'm with Kyle I like what Nashville's got I think they are going to be a tough team and when you have a solid goalie like they do um I feel like they they are going to sneak into that second spot um for three, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's between, for me, Minnesota and St. Louis. It's a coin flip. <laughs> I'm going to go with Minnesota, uh, but, like, like, I mean, it's probably going to be a, a single point that yeah. differentiates them, too. So, because of that, I think the two wild cards for me are um, St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis. And, I mean... Yeah, it's got to be – I mean, Winnipeg, we're not really talking about Winnipeg. I don't think – a lot of people were high on them last year. And I think because they laid such an egg, people aren't jumping back on that bandwagon. It's almost like the Islanders – like, we'll give the Islanders another shot. But for Winnipeg, people don't seem to be doing that for them. It's almost like we gave you the shot last year and you you fumbled it, so now we got to see more. Um, So, yeah, I I think – yeah, I think it's it's St. Louis and and Dallas that, that get the wild cards.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree that I think the two wild cards are coming out of the Central, and I think it's yeah. going to be a dogfight from two through six. Colorado, or excuse me, Arizona and Chicago don't expect to be in that race, but it's really up for grabs. Yeah. Uh, I, I have um, my two wildcard teams being Nashville would be fourth in the Central, and then I have Minnesota actually coming in at five. I, I have a couple mm-hmm. questions about Minnesota. Okay. Mark andre yeah. I know, on his A-game is awesome. But when he's not, there were nights where he was susceptible with the Blackhawks last year. And we saw it at times with Minnesota in the playoffs. I have concerns about him being the number one guy all season long and in the playoffs. And I also feel like there's a resurgence coming from Minnesota as a whole. One stat that stood out to me last year, they led the league by a mile in goals with the extra attacker. And while that tells you they're a good team and they can find ways to overcome adversity. I, I agree. You could take that angle too. I also feel like there were times where nights where they could have been beat and came out with a W. And you can flip that, like I said, both ways. But I feel like they're going to fall a little bit. I just have some questions about Minnesota. But I do think they still end up uh, getting a playoff spot because the Central Division is just so tough.
0: Mm. So then what were your wild cards be then you'd have uh, for Kyle?
2: Oh yeah. It you know, was uh, it was Dallas St. Louis.
0: It's Dallas St. Louis. Yeah. And, and that, that's the beauty of like the NHL is, you know, Jack's got Minnesota as the second wildcard team, but they could easily finish second in the division. Uh, and really, and, and a lot of people are thinking that they could push Colorado uh, to take the division. That that's, that's how, that's, what's awesome about this sport. And that's what's great about this division is it's very, very tough. So um all right so as far as conference finals goes what are you thinking for your eastern conference final matchup jack
1: oh man mm-hmm. i'm going with i got the rangers in tampa bay
0: you think tampa's gonna make it that far oh, okay all right i all do right. I you, yeah
1: i think they're built for that and you referenced a great point earlier by saying they know they just got to get there it actually kind of yeah. reminds me of the the old blackhawks like you just got to get into the playoffs. They didn't care what seed they had. They knew they had the team to do it. The guys that are in the locker room, they know what they're capable of. I feel like Tampa Bay is primed for playoff hockey more so than anything else. So, okay. I got that going back back again.
0: All right. What do you what do you got, Kyle? I DC got Denver's New York
2: players. and I got Toronto.
1: Oh, okay. Savage. <laughs>
0: um I I mean, we've talked about it jack like kyle and i have talked about like the whole like first round thing like they're gonna get out of it at some point is it in their heads yeah it, like they're human it, it definitely is but uh, is it this year it remains to be seen i don't they they it wouldn't surprise me if they do get it to the conference finals they're a good team they've one of the best players on the planet <clears throat> you know what i mean and it's just only a matter of time before they get out of that first round um but for me i don't know i i i I think Carolina will be there in the in the Eastern Conference Finals, and I don't know. Like as much as I like the Rangers, uh, I do think they're. Uh, once you get to the playoffs, um, a lot of things start to show, and depth is one of it. And while the Rangers have okay depth, I don't think it's is it's where it needs to be to make a deep playoff run. So I, I can't put them in the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Um. I gotta go Toronto too, man. I do. I think it's Carolina Toronto in an Eastern Eastern Conference final. So uh and then in the West, who you got Western Conference final?
2: I
1: have Colorado running it back again. I I honestly don't think there's I mean I don't want to put this heebie-jeebies on you guys. I just don't think there's too much of a challenge in the Western Conference. Now, there are teams I can give them a run, no doubt about it. And it's playoff hockey. Literally anything can happen. That's the beauty yeah. of playoff hockey. I just I feel like the real challenge for the Avs is on the other side. Like, the best teams in the league, besides them for the most part, while the Central Division will be competitive, they're mostly Eastern Conference teams. So I got the Avalanche going back, and I have Calgary making it uh, to the Conference Finals as well. I think they're just better suited for playoff hockey than Edmonton is.
0: Uh, I'll make it easy because that's the exact same one that I
2: have. That's exactly what I got. to Go back to back, having to go right through NAS.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the matchup that everybody thought was going to be last year, and then Edmonton came out. Edmonton came out of nowhere and then took care of business in that series. So, um, and then our, our Stanley Cup final. Who you got, and who you got winning it, Jack?
1: I got. Colorado going back to back. I do. I'm not just saying that cause I'm on the show, <laughs> um, but I, I have them playing the Rangers in the Stanley cup. And I think the Rangers are going to get Patrick Kane. I think that's a place he would really enjoy going to a big city goes and plays with Artemi Panarin. And he raved about how much he loved playing with him. And you could tell, I mean, based on what they did on the ice, all in all, business-wise, I feel like that's the avenue that makes the most sense for Patrick Kane. I feel like that's a really good spot for them to be. And I know it might be a little bit much to ask this Rangers group to go and do it when they still have a little bit of youth there, but they were pretty darn close last year, man. I I think a big deadline acquisition like Patrick Kane could help them get over the hump, but I do think they're going to ultimately fall short to Colorado again.
0: So do you feel that that Rangers pick is predicated on them getting Kane?
1: I was kind of thinking that in my head, kind okay. of took words right out of my mouth. Okay. Um, I feel like that's what really could help boost them. But I do like the Rangers team, even without Patrick. Yeah. But uh, I think that definitely could help. And I think a okay. lot of people agree.
0: All right.
2: What do you got, Kyle? Abs and who? Toronto. I feel like once you oh, get, once it. Toronto gets past that first round, that's a cheat code. That's DK mode. That team believes in itself. They did it. So they're going to be unstoppable. There's no doubt in Toronto once they get past that first round. So they will be in the Stanley Cup in
1: 2028.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Hey, it's what, with, you know, the abs, it was, they couldn't get out of the second round. And then once they did, it was just like, yeah, this is it. We're fine. Now you just, you did see just like the monkey get off their back yep. and, you know, back it up another round for Toronto. And yeah, you get out of the first round, it could just be all gravy from there. So, um, and then i'm i'm assuming you have the avalanche over toronto in the final. Of course. Okay. <laughs> um yeah, i i'm going to go avs and carolina in the final. Um i do i, I just i think carolina is one of those teams that's just knocking on the door. They're oh so close and i think they just get over that hump uh this year and then yeah i think obviously the avs take it. But what i wanted to do Kyle was just, you know, just not to act like, you know, we're homers and you know, because we, we host the show that is the defending Stanley cup champions. If it's not the avalanche, are you going Calgary?
2: I'm going Calgary, Calgary and Toronto. I will have Calgary beating Toronto.
0: So no matter what, so whoever the, your, your Western conference, final team
2: champion is, is it's one thing home. to get there, but I think Toronto runs out of gas when they get there.
1: I'm actually in that yeah. same boat. If, mm. If it's not Cal or not Colorado, excuse me, I'm going St. Louis. I'm going Dark Horse. Wow.
0: Okay. I I love it.
1: If they were close to slaying the dragon last year, if they could do it this year and they get out of the Central Division, look out for them. I, I think if anyone can beat the Avs in the playoffs out of the Central Division, look out for them the rest of the way. But if it's yeah. not Colorado, I'm going St. Louis, and they will beat the Rangers in the
0: cup. And they beat the Rangers? Okay. Yeah, if it's not Colorado, obviously Calgary for me. And then if it's Calgary, Carolina, oof, that, that could be a really good series. I, that, I would say that goes seven, but I'll for the sake of making a prediction, uh if it's Calgary in Carolina, I will go carolina oh. if it's if it's avs carolina, obviously I'll go avalanche so write them down uh revisit this at the end of the year and uh you know what we'll do jack we'll someone's got to write these down um and then uh we'll we'll do a end of the year summary and kind of go over everything that we predicted here and uh see who was the best at predicting and whoever is gets some award, which I have yet to determine what it is. So, <laughs> love it. love it. All... all right. Um, all right, man. So there you go. There's everything to get you guys ready for this season when it comes to how we feel it's going to go. Um, honestly, good luck this year, man. I'm not just <laughs> saying that to, to I, say, like, hopefully. It. I'm gonna need it. What's that? I'm going
1: to need it. I'm gonna yeah, need
0: no. It. I mean, there's always good things you can pull out of uh, a season, even when it's a, a dumpster fire of a season. We went through it a couple years ago, and the turnaround was like that, and, and look where they are. So there's always some good things to pull out of even the worst of, of seasons. So, uh, And it's hockey. So enjoy the season, um, and we will obviously be catching up with you all throughout it. So I uh, want you to throw it out there one more time where people can catch you on your uh, social medias.
1: Absolutely, A, hey, and best best of luck to you guys as well. We're on two very different journeys here, but I wish <laughs> all, all, all much luck this season. Uh, for anyone listening, well, I guess this will be my show too, but for anyone mm. out there wanting to follow, you can find Lockdown Blackhawks for free wherever you get your podcasts. You can find the show on Instagram or on Twitter at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks. For my personal, check out at Jack bushman too for all things in the name of sports. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, and follow Locked on Avalanche, L O P N underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche Instagram, and of course on our YouTube channel. Uh, thank you for making this your first listen of the day, everybody. That is always appreciated. Enjoy the season for Mr. Jack Bushman from Locked on Blackhawks and Mr. Kyle Shaggy Von Doom Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli of Locked on Avalanche. Enjoy the game, and we'll see you guys tomorrow.